when I use the, the phrase, you need a team, I'm not talking about a football team or a baseball team, and I really don't have anything against people who love sports and love to you know, root for their team and, and all of that, but that has its place, and this is something different that I'm talking about. I'm talking about a spiritual team or a mastermind team or a prayer partnership team or um, a, a life journey team. There are many different names for it, but... If we really want to continue to unfold our lives, if we really want to continue to be all that we have the potential to be, we can get there so much more effectively, and not even just effectively, so much more joyfully if we have a team, if we have people of similar mind and heart and spiritual commitment and focus, to nurture us and nourish us along the way. And it works the other way as well. We need a team, but I think we also need to be a team player, to be there for others as well. I know that in those times that I put myself out to be there for someone, on one hand, it looks like I'm on the giving end, but the truth is I'm also receiving because if I am giving love, if I am giving support, if I am giving compassion, that has to come up and through me before it can be sent outward, right? And in that very act, I get to be blessed in the giving as well. So we need a team. Very much like the African proverb that I read earlier, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And that's in part what I think spiritual community is meant to be. I don't think spiritual community is meant to live in dogma and creed and ritual and rules and regulation. That's religion. And maybe that has a place for some people. That doesn't have a place in my life personally. But spirituality does. Spiritual community does. And spiritual community nurtures and supports us in becoming the very best that we can be. And so my question to you as you're listening in this morning is, do you have that kind of support in your life? And are you cultivating it and using it and giving to it on a regular basis? Jesus had such a team. You may or may not be very familiar with him. A lot of people come into unity and they come in from a mainline Christian faith. So they have some familiarity with Jesus and the New Testament and maybe some, some of the Old Testament. But others come in and they have no religious background. And in some ways that can be an advantage because there's nothing to unlearn. And you probably haven't been hurt or, or bruised along, along the way. But Jesus had a team. He had a team, and that team we came to call the disciples and the apostle, uh, the apostles, the apostles. I really do know the difference, the apostles. Uh, but he had a team, and something that's of interest to me is if you actually do read the Gospels, and of course the Gospels were written way after he was crucified, um, and so there's a lot in the Gospels that contradicts itself a lot in the Gospels that was written to just one audience versus another audience. That's a whole Bible lesson in there. But it's still interesting to me that 
in each of the accountings of the Gospels, you don't have Jesus um, performing any miracles or any miracles being attributed to him until after he formed his team. So stop and think about that for a moment. His team were the disciples, the 12 that he called to come and be with him. And in the reading of the Gospels, you don't get any of the miracles, whether you take them literally or metaphysically or mystically, until after he formed his team. I think that's an important little kernel of wisdom there, that maybe our best work, maybe our very best work, whether it's in business or our personal life or our families or our communities, maybe our best work, work doesn't really come until we have such a team around us. Who were his team members? If you think about who his team members were, in, according to some gospel writers, his team members were, um, none of them were family members. And according to others, maybe some of them were family members. But in any regard, he had a diverse group of people that he called, different kinds of people he called. But the one thing they shared in common was somehow they resonated with who and what he was about. That's important. Resonated with who and what he was about. And what he was about wasn't religion. What he was about was a new way of coming into relationship with spirit or God, the Father, a new way of consciousness, really. And so as he called these 12, there was a resonating between what he was and something inside of them. Does that make sense? A resonating. That's a word I hear, <clears throat> excuse me, that's a word I hear often when people come into unity. They're surprised, they say, oh my gosh, I feel like I came home. I didn't know that there was a teaching like this. I didn't know that there was a community like this. I resonate with it. Or maybe it's another way of saying it's another way of saying it is as if our soul is recognizing something in it, is recognizing a rightness, or is recognizing wisdom, or is recognizing a truth that it longs for, because somehow it knows if it can grasp that truth, if it can live in that truth, if it can express that truth, I'm talking about spiritual truth, if it can express that, that somehow that life is going to be that much better. We know that his team was not perfect. We know that there were times that his team left him, let, let him down. We know that his team didn't always get along with each other. We know that his team sometimes was arguing for position, kind of like who did he like the best sort of thing. In other words, it was a very human team, and that's the, the point I want to make, because as we think about and as I encourage you to make sure you have such a team in your life, you can't look for perfect people because we aren't. There aren't any. We're not perfect. We're not perfect. So we pull together those, though, that are of similar mind and of similar heart. So some ideas I want to share with you about what I'm calling a life journey team. Say that with me. Life journey team. A life journey team. Why might we need one? Why, mi why might we need a life journey team? 
I think one of the reasons is that we are all spiritual seedlings compared to our potential. We are all spiritual seedlings compared to our potential. This is a time of year that I start to plant my vegetable garden, my seeds. And so last weekend, or maybe it was the weekend before, I got all my little trees out and planted. I swore I wasn't going to plant so many tomato plants, but gosh, I think I have 54 little individual tomatoes. I know, so they're going to show up here. I'm going to have a little counter out there, and you can take some. And that's just the tomatoes. But anyway, they started just sprouting, some of them, just yesterday and the day before. And I was looking at them at how tiny they are. I get very maternal over these seeds. It's really weird. <laughs> but I do because of the idea of growth. As long as I can remember, as long as I can remember, I've been in love with this idea of growth, of what is possible for us as individuals and what's possible for us is families and communities. But we are like these little tiny seeds. When you think about it, the amount of effort and strength it takes in that little tiny seed that's got so much potential in it to push its way up through the soil and push its, its roots down into the ground, and it just pops out. But in time, given a supportive environment, given the kind of soil it needs and water and time, that's the one that always messes me up, and time, it grows abundantly. To me, that is such a powerful visual for us as spiritual seedlings. And even though you can't be in unity without having already done a fair amount of growing, at least in my opinion. You've got to have some spiritual maturity and some wisdom to even get into this teaching and then to, to stay in it. And yet still, there is that new growth that wants to happen. You know, if you look at the trees that go dormant in the wind, winter, and they may be huge trees, and they lose all of their leaves, but then comes spring, what happens? It's still tiny, not seedlings, but tiny, fresh, tender new growth. And that new growth needs nourishment, just like we do. Just like we do. Our growth is individual. We are seedlings, and our growth, my growth, is individual. You can't do it for me. Your growth is individual. I can't do it for you. Any parent knows how challenging that can be when your kids get to not be kids anymore and you see them struggling through something and all you want to do is fix it for them. Like when you kind of could when they were little, but you can't when they, right? Because ultimately we each have to do our own growing, our own growing. But this statement is also true. I alone must do it, but I never have to do it alone. I alone must do it, but I never have to do it alone. That's what that life journey team is, that, that group is, that's what your prayer partners are. 
Another why of it, your spiritual growth and unfoldment is vital to the overall quality of your life. I'm going to repeat that. Your spiritual growth and unfoldment is vital to the overall quality of your life. I would say it even comes before your physical well-being. That if your spiritual well-being is being nurtured and cared for consistently, it is going to have a positive impact on every other area of your life. Every other area of your life. Maybe that's why Jesus talked about seeking first God and all these other things would be added unto us. Prosperity teachers want to focus on the, all these other things being added unto us as if they are things. I think Jesus was far more advanced in his teaching and his consciousness than to be messing around too much with getting a whole bunch of stuff. I think that his focus was something richer, the quality of life itself. Seek God, not religion, but God, the sense of spirit, the sense of the divine, the sense of that absolute mystery of life. Seek it first, not as an afterthought in your life, but as something that actually helps to inform how you live your life. Seek that first, and then everything else kind of falls into place or falls out of the picture entirely. Sometimes that happens as well. Another piece of the why of it is there is added power available by being with people who support you spiritually. There is added power available by being with people who support you spiritually. Let me ask you a question. And unfortunately, for those of you watching um, virtually, it doesn't quite fit here. But the question I want to ask in the room is, when we meditate together in here, do you ever, ever have a qualitatively different experience meditating together in here as a community compared to when you meditate by yourself? Nod your head or say yes if you do. That's a lot of you saying, me too, <laughs> me too. There's something different when we come together. Maybe it transfers through the line, I don't know, but I, I know it's different here. And it's not always the same. And I think sometimes it depends on who's coming into the room, what's going on in the world, the heaviness that might be have just broken forth in the world. And so we come in maybe with more pain or confusion or fear or sadness. And yet when we're together, there is an amplified energy. And it is that amplified energy is to me the mystical message of the scripture verse, where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. That when we come together prayerfully, meditatively, in an awareness of God, whatever that means to us, there is an amplified presence. There's an amplified energy. The sum is greater than the total of the parts. There's something more. There's something more. And I think that something more comes from, if you will, the God presence between us. The God presence between us. So what is this kind of group? Is it a social group? No. It's not, it's not your walking buddies. It's not your golf buddies. It's not your dinner party friends. Um, it's something more. It 
can have people that are in those categories, but the purpose isn't social. The purpose is spiritual. The purpose is spiritual. Can you imagine? So my son, for a while, worked um, in trust and safety for Uber. And then he worked in trust and, the trust and safety field for Match.com, the dating app that kind of is an umbrella company for most all of the dating apps in, in the world. And Jonathan used to educate us and tell us about the importance of trust and safety on these different platforms and, and so forth. So I've got a little bit of knowledge about how these platforms work. And no, I am not on a dating app. My husband of I don't know how many years now, since 1988, the second time around, is here with, my, with me, my partner. But I was thinking just yesterday, can you imagine the power of an app that connected people who wanted to connect spiritually, not religiously, but for the purpose of supporting one another spiritually? Now, that's an app that could change the world. Would you not agree? Would you not agree? That's an app? That could change the world if we connected with each other and truly, truly, truly supported one another's spiritual growth. As we grow and mature spiritually, everything changes in us, about us, and around us. The kinds of things that matter to us change. We get much clearer on what's really important. The kinds of things that we are willing to support, whether with our time or with our dollars or with our talents, begin to change. It is a reorganizing principle in, in our life. It will rearrange, just like the song that Jim was saying, let love rearrange you. When we are really committed to growing and evolving spiritually, that touches everything in our life, our physical health, our emotional well-being, our relationships, I think it impacts our success in the world. And it certainly impacts, it certainly impacts our, our satisfaction, our joy, our sense of well-being. I want to encourage you, if I haven't already, to really make a commitment to forming such a cluster in your life. I was thinking about our Sunday morning discussion group that meets over here in the, in the corners after the service. That might be a place either before the discussion starts or after the discussion starts. If you don't already have maybe two other people that you connect with on a regular basis, on a regular basis, to support you spiritually, maybe you'll find them in that discussion group. Maybe you can reach out to us. Maybe we can be a, a spiritual matchmaker of sorts. If, if you're feeling like, gosh, you know, I really, I, I don't know who to connect with, but I'd like to have a couple of other people that, that I can meet with on a regular basis, whether on the phone or on Zoom or here in person or somewhere else, to be nurtured and supported spiritually. We can talk to our, our prayer ministry and see if they can't help us connect with each other. Because going it alone, we can get there, but it's lonely. Going it alone, we can get there, but it's not going to feel as fulfilling, I think, as when we've got spiritual cheerleaders in our life that can see and know the truth for us, no matter what appearances are showing up in our lives. 
As I begin to wrap this up, I just want to share a few closing thoughts about what this looks like and feel like, feels like when you're in such a partnership. There's a certain experience of communion, if you will. There's a certain coming together where whether it is you start with a little bit of a prayer, or you start with a centering activity, or you just start with cleansing breaths to kind of shift gears from whatever it was you were doing before you came into your little prayer cluster, your life journey cluster. There is a commitment to connecting on a meaningful level, to connect on a level of authenticity, which means if you are hurting, then that's, oh, then you speak that. If you are joyful, then you speak that. If you are afraid, then you speak that. Connecting on a meaningful level, an authentic level, not to stay in the negativity or the drama or the heaviness, if that's what's so for you, but also not sweeping it under the carpet. In other words, you know how sometimes people will ask you how you are, and you're really not okay, or you just don't have the time right then and there to actually answer that question, so you just say, I'm okay, right? There are times and places that that's totally socially appropriate, but we also need those relationships in our life where we can actually honestly answer, honestly and completely answer that question so that we in that circle, in that cluster, can have the nutritive support to grow beyond whatever that current circumstance is. Does that make sense? Okay. And then another aspect and feeling of that kind of a cluster, if you will, is a feeling of compassion that we really care. We care for the other because we also know that we are being cared for. We care for the other. And that may mean that we connect throughout the week, that we reach out to just do a quick check-in, but we connect, we care. Take a breath with me. To me, this is what community, true sangha, true community, is meant to be and to do. And when we have that in our lives, the very best of who and what we can be has every chance of success. And when we don't have that, it can feel incredibly lonely or very difficult to be who and all we can be. I know that it's so easy to feel overwhelmed by all the responsibilities that we might have in our lives, all the work that we have in our lives, and yet I bet if we're really absolutely honest with ourselves, that even the busiest among us in this room or online can carve out an hour a week to commit to and to be in such a practice. And if you don't think I'm right, check your phone. You know how our phones and our devices have that screen time monitor thing that tell us how long we've been on certain kinds of games and apps and social media and so forth? That's probably where that hour is that you think that you don't have. So I say that not at all, and I hope I, I never hope to say anything in a way that makes you feel guilty, because I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you. I don't have this nailed perfectly all the time either, 
but that doesn't mean I don't that doesn't mean I don't recognize the importance of it and that I like you can do better and the better I do not only do I benefit but hopefully my family does and hopefully you my extended family does as well namaste